What's going on, everybody? We are back with another episode of the Tip of the Cap podcast. I am here with Paul Trippy, my next guest. Um, Paul, tell us a little bit about yourself. Now, spent this past year coaching uh, modified baseball at Maryville. Was the assistant at Varsity the year before. Years past, I've done modified. Also, as an assistant, mainly got my start through travel baseball. Started the usual house everybody else does. Did the travel route for quite some time, and then did a few showcase years, and uh, decided to stay in high school right now for a while. So that's pretty much where I'm at. And uh, those showcase years, that was with the uh, the Renegades, you said, correct? Yes, two years with the Renegades. Yeah. Okay, uh, that was a, that was a pretty good squad. Had a lot of talent on that team. Yes, that was a a, a stacked team. It was uh, even uh, bigger organizations were impressed with the players that we had on that squad. Um, a lot of guys from Lancaster, Maryville, St. Joe's, and various other schools that were just a good mix of kids, and they liked playing with each other, which really helped. They all knew what their goal was. They all wanted to get to college, and we committed majority of them. I mean, it's just a lot of them all went to colleges, D2, D3, some D1s. One still in D1, one D1 program closed at UB, and he ended up going to um, RIT, which he wanted to be an engineer, column run for Matt, yep. kid you know. Very no, smart very, kid. No, very well. Very smart kid. I remember uh, NU wanted him, and they didn't have his program, and they offered him mathematics, and his mother looked at looks like not happening. <laughs> he's not going for mathematics. He's going to be an engineer, and that's where he is right now. So uh, he's doing well. Congratulate him. He's a good kid. Yeah, he's, he's a great kid. He uh, he actually played with me uh, every now and again. You know, When I was running a, uh, a double-A team, I had – need for a guy here or there and you know guys that were looking for especially pitchers that were looking for more innings but not to be abused you know and, and, and ref was the kid that could come to me and be like hey i'm not scheduled to throw this week and i'm like good i got two games which one do you want to pitch and you know he he he, had, he actually ended up getting into a little bit of trouble that year because he I believe it was his triple aba coach didn't really care you yeah. know he told him like hey I, you know i threw two days ago like i don't care i need you to start today um, you know, and that's, that's something I absolutely hate. And it's something that's, I know, I know it's tough for these kids. You know, they want to play, they want to, you know, aside from hanging out with their friends and stuff before they go to college, you know, they want to be playing ball on top of that. Cause you know, when you're that age, you can play ball, then go hang out, you know, not have to worry about being up at the crack of dawn for a job, but you know, kids get in trouble with that stuff these days, playing on a lot of teams like that. Uh, we fight it with the school ball, even at modified level. I had parents come up to me already like, hey, you know, he's got a tournament this weekend. He's going to leave school on Thursday. He'll be back Monday. So he's going to miss a couple games. That give me an issue? It, it's school ball. It's You're going to a 12U tournament or a 13U tournament. Yep. No offense, but no one's watching you there. I just it's a little, it's very frustrating. Varsity level, as, as a travel coach and showcase coach, I practice my guys up until school season. And I pretty much let them go. And we might meet once a week for some BP, but we never threw. And when the school season's over, we got back together. I never stepped on the coach's toes, which is something that the travel guys now just don't care about. Right. Yeah, you know, there's uh, it's actually a fairly interesting topic. I know that you know, both of us have lived in the world of school ball and travel ball in the summer. And, you know, when I coached here for Rich, it was, uh, for, when I say here, we're sitting at the, the Athlete Factory, formerly New Era Park, but... Uh, <laughs> You know, like when I when I coached here, when I coached for Inferno and in New Era, it was you know when school ball started, we went to every other week practice, and you know when I was doing 13, 14, 15 U, it was 
that week was an hour of hitting. And then, you know, that's when, that's when we put in like, all right, guys, we're going to go over signs. We're going to go over bunt coverages. We're going to like, you know, the cerebral stuff that we can still do, still get a workout in, but we're not throwing a ball because you're, you don't want to throw a ball seven days a week, especially because high school practices, you know, especially at the time when, you know, I know a lot, I know now a lot of high schools use places like this, you know, Lancaster has the field house. You know, I know the falls has a field house, stuff like that. Like the places have bigger places to do, you know, to, to use, or even when it's, really cold but dry and i have a turf field i can get outside type thing um you know it, it, they were throwing intensive practices every time you could because you know you didn't have places to hit you didn't have play you know if, if you had a cage especially when i was growing up if you had a cage it was like wow we mean we don't have to hit wiffle balls till we go to get outside and you know that's kind of cool but you know kids kids arms would be hanging they'd come in and oh coach my arms hurt for two weeks i mean we've been practicing every week and then some and I'm, my arm is still hanging yeah, it's 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 a tough situation to be in with one of the pitchers. When they're younger, you always feel it. My arm feels great. Coach, his arm's fine. His arm's fine. And then it happens where like your elbow's throbbing. It doesn't go away. Yeah. And, like there's that there's that whole silence. You don't know what to do. It's like now what? It's like well, you're done for a while now. And there's nothing worse than missing games yep. because you've been practicing all the time. Because baseball here, the season's so short. I mean, there was years, a couple years ago. Um, you remember where like teams were playing like 13 games in like 14 days to get the high school season done. And you had to have we're, every we're arm close on to that deck. This year. You had to have every arm on deck in that last couple of years. I'm like, you got to have arms. So you can't be pitching extra somewhere else because your coach needs you. Whether you're pitching today, tomorrow, the next day, you could pitch the next day and two days rest, be back in again, and they need you available. And your arm really has to be healthy. And I think part of the reason is there's not a lot of pitching coaches or strength coaches for pitchers in this area at the high school level, especially mm-hmm. even at college level. Some of these college coaches, they're, they're pitching coaches, but Everyone's got their own routine. It, that's what the problem is. The, and it's crazy because I've just started watching college ball because my sons are watching. And to see these guys walking around, like, what's wrong? Torn labrum. He just had Tommy John. He's going to have Tommy John. He has to have Tommy John. And you're like, it's amazing how it happens so fast. Mm-hmm. Where these kids in high school got sore arms and everything's okay. And next you know they're in college and they're all out. They're not pitching. Yeah. And you're missing a year. And, and everyone thinks you're going to come back through one harder. I know a couple of kids that had the surgery. The rehab – if you're a professional athlete and your job is to pitch and work it out, your rehab's going to go well. If you're a student who's got to go to school, have a job, and get practicing, your workout for the Tommy John surgery isn't going to be the same. No. It's going to take you longer, and you may not come back. It and isn't just automatic throw harder. There's there's <laughs> also something to be said about those guys that you know got paid a couple million dollars, dollars to play, blow their arm out, <laughs> get the surgery, and can pay somebody good money to make sure they come back exactly. better than they were. You know, and it's... It's funny because uh, me, me and Austin, when we talked last week, uh, we we kind of covered that. It's it's such a common thing at younger and younger ages, and you know it's because everybody's got everybody's got drills and programs that get you to throw harder. But you know nobody, not nobody, very few people have the plan in place of how to take care of yourself after the fact, before the fact, during the fact. Um, you know, and and you talk to some guys that throw well into their upper ages i mean whether it's you know guys like big sexy in the show or guys that are you know playing local you know adult league ball around here you know there's a couple guys that pitch in 25 35 and 45 that are in their 50s around here you know and then they still bring it well how do they do that because they take care of their bodies you know they they take care of themselves and i mean i i had the fortunate experience in cooperstown to play against rodney tafoya who has 350 
wins as an adult in 445 wins lifetime, <laughs> including professional baseball. Wow. And I mean, just like I have, you know, friends with him on Facebook now and I see, you know, the day before the day of, and the day after he runs six miles, you know, at, like three days in a row, he runs six miles. There's kids, there's kids that are playing high school ball that you'd tell them to run six miles and they'd go, what? Yeah, but, exactly. But, but, but why? But well, coach, the team's going to Moe's. Like, <laughs> well, that's the whole thing is uh, the kids that coach, I want to throw hard and just go to the weight room, work your core, lift those legs, start mm-hmm. squatting, start deadlifting. It starts from the lower half. Oh, yeah. And uh, the big thing now is everyone's the big things is you're hurting your arm because you're throwing too much break and stuff. It might be the fact that you're trying to throw too hard and your ligaments aren't made to throw that hard. You're mm-hmm. not developed yet. You're, you're not, you're not, you don't have a man's body in high school yet. You're getting close, but you're not ready yet. And that's the whole lifting thing is so big now. And you watch the players who are playing now, and you'll walk to these college campuses, these kids in high school, and you walk in, you'll be in awe mm-hmm. because they're bigger, they're faster, and they're older. You know, <laughs> one of one of the one of the more common things, you know, and I try to tell my guys this all the time. Like, you know, when I was in high school, I was six four, two fifty five. You know, I I was quick for my size. You know, I was a big, strong kid. And I actually got recruited to play football first, you know, because when you're that size, that's pretty yes, natural. Do. Yeah. But, um, you know, I walked in, you know, I, I took it easy my the summer after my senior year. And I was grad parties and hanging out and whatever. And, you know, I had a girlfriend and all this other stuff. And I walk in, I'm, I'll never forget it. I walked into the very, very first day. It was a lineman only. So offensive line, defensive line, positional meeting. So it was just the lineman as a core because our lineman coaches were like, you guys are going to hate each other offense and defense but you guys are going to be a brotherhood. And I walked in and went, I am the smallest guy in this room. Yeah, I got and it was that. like just eyes lit up and was like, maybe I should have lifted a little more this summer because holy cow. You know, there were guys in like, there, there were a couple guys in there that looked like they could, they could have been professional wrestlers in the 80s. You know, <laughs> just these big beefcake meatheads. And I'm just like, I'm tiny. You know, I, I tell kids all the time, like the last thing you want to do is show up to even, you know, even a D3 school, even a JUCO and, and say like, I, I was, you know, I was all Western New York last year. Well, guess what? Everybody on there is, was all wherever last year. Exactly. You know, and the last thing you want to do is show up and go, I should have worked harder. Because in, in baseball, there's somebody right, you know, you you can't breed 6'4", 300 pounds. You're going to be a lineman. You, like that, that's Some of that is naturally God-given or whoever gave it to you. I told the players who I've had some issues with with their attitudes. I'm like, you got stuff other kids don't have. You've got size. You got speed. Two things that really can't be taught. You right. can't teach someone to get really fast, and you can't teach someone to get big. So take advantage of the two skills that you have. Right. The smaller guys. I'm not saying smaller guys can't play because I see a lot of great small players that play the game. It's they dig down. They know what they have to do. And we've been to teams with a lot of big guys. And I've looked at some rosters. I, I scout a lot of college rosters. I'm like, look at this team. The whole team is like six foot one to six seven. The baseball team. Yeah. And they're like nine and thirty. So the coach might went after the biggest guys, but technically weren't the best guys. Their right. heart wasn't in it. You know what I'm saying? Oh it's, yeah. It's there's so many different aspects to it back and forth with that part of the game. But for me, it was a little differently. I said it's. Uh, it's just enjoying it, watching it, and telling my guys to work hard and get to that level. You got to work out. You got to put your time in and keep your grades up because grades are so important now to get into schools. Absolutely, you know, and it's it's funny because at Lancaster, you know, again, I, I know Austin will tell us all the time. Like he goes, I I look at my guys and say, you know, look look at the varsity guys. Like they're walking out of practice, they're soaked. They are soaked from head to toe because they worked their tail off for two hours. 
you know, they're not even conditioned yet. They're not even like, they're not, they haven't ran stairs yet. And they're, they're sweating, you know, you know, they haven't, they haven't hit the weight room yet. And they're sweating. Like that's what a practice should look like. And, you know, you, it's funny. Cause we do get some, some of these kids that maybe they're a little bit bigger of an, as an eighth grader and they didn't want to trial for the freshman team or they didn't think they'd make the freshman team. So they're on our, you know, our seventh and eighth grade team and they think they're really, really good. You know, and then, then we get the influx of, you know, the couple private schools in the area, the private elementary schools that come in and there's some kids that are just as big, just as strong. You know, there's, you know, kids that moved into the area and then, oh, I'm going to try out for JV. I'm good. And you realize that you're going against the class above you now. And every single one of those kids has now either caught you or passed you size wise naturally. Exactly. And even if they're not bigger than you or taller than you, they're naturally stronger than you because they're just a year older. And that year is huge. You know, that's something that, you know, guys, the guys don't realize senior year to freshman year in high school or in, in college. I mean, you know, that year's big. College was just, it, it was, it was an awakening. You go there and you're 18 and you're like, hey, I've been working and you get there and the guys are 21, 22, mm-hmm. they redshirt a year. And you're like, I'm playing against my dad. Yeah. I mean, literally just big bruisers. And you're like, you feel like this little pian out there. But, I mean, it's an adjustment. But like I said, every kid makes it and the kids who want to play will make the adjustment, understand what's going on, and get their job done. Absolutely. That's what it comes down to. You know, it's funny. It's, you know, when I when I would be lucky enough to have some of those guys that played for me in high school or whatever come play double A after they graduate. And, you know, they'd kind of look at me like, you know that dude warming up over there is in his 50s, right, Coach? I'm like, uh-huh. Yeah, yeah just wait. Because <laughs> that, that dude's a pitcher. He's not a thrower. Oh, and he and he touches 85. Yeah. And they're like, yeah, Okay. And the dude goes up there, and it's uh, one of one of my least favorite guys to hit against because he's got a quirky delivery, still throws hard, and he knows what he's doing. Uh, Joey D. Martino, dude, he's a great dude. I've played with him, played against him, and you know, eighteen year old kid getting up there going, this old guy, what was that? You know, and then he breaks a slider off at him, and they throw their bat in the left field because you know, swinging a miss on it, and I'm like, yeah, kid, you know what. Welcome to what playing against grown men does. You know, it can, you know. Well, that's the key. As you see, you're talking about pitching, the actual pitching part. And we've seen it where my son's first year, we are at the Juco school, and they got a couple kids that are all touching 90. I'm like 92, 90. I'm like pretty good for 18, 9 year old kids. Their ERAs are like 12. Yeah. Because everybody hits 90 now. Mm hmm. It isn't, they didn't learn the pitch yet. They'll work on it. Are they going to be good players? Yes. When they learn how to pitch, yes. The, the, the kids are gifted. 6'4", touching 90 at 18. You got a, you, you got a good career ahead of you if, if you work at what you got to do. So it's all about pitching, learning mechanics, and do what you have to do. There's no doubt about that. Absolutely. I mean, you know, that's that's one of the things, you know, I had, had a little bit of that issue with the high school this year. You know, guys coming in, you know, sophomores, juniors, oh, you know, hitting 82, hitting 83. That's 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 pretty that's pretty good in high school, yeah. you know, and then we go out and we we played a, played a couple of really really good squads down in uh, down in Vero this year, you know we played uh, Melvern Prep, which is like the number twelve high school in the country, and you know they're oh that kid's going to Clemson, that kid's going to Auburn, that kid's going to Alabama, that kid's going to LSU, like cool, that's their infield. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, you're facing their number four pitcher. He's only going to like the number four rated JUCO in the country, only like yeah. you know. And they were good, and we we hung with them for an inning or two until we made a couple mistakes, and then they ran away with it on us. But you know, I, guess what, boys? Eighty three down the middle doesn't do anything against these guys. No, and that's you're serving it up for them. That's you know, what you're doing. And, the, and, the, and these guys are your age. You know, these yeah. guys are the same age as you. Imagine these guys four years from now. Yeah, 
you know, and that's, that's what you, guess what? You go to a four-year school, you go to, a, you know, even a D3, a good D3 school, you're going to play other good D3 ballplayers that are f- that four years from now. Oh, uh, wh- what do you mean? Yeah, dude. Like as, you know, the cream rises to the top, like that, that level of ball player that you can walk on the field on your worst day and be better than is gone. And you're an inch closer to being that guy. And, you know, getting kids to, 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 to wrap their mind around that is, is tough. It's the pyramid. Yeah. The pyramid gets smaller near the top every time. You work your way up, the cream just gets there's less of it. And you work and you gotta keep working harder to get there. And it's interesting. Like I said, I tell the guys you're you're not competing against just guys around here. You got guys around the country now when it comes to college baseball. Absolutely. It isn't just, hey, I'm better than the local guys. That means nothing. Because not you're better than the guys who are coming in from the islands. Mm-hmm. Or we got guys coming from South Korea now coming to play. And it's just it's crazy where they come from. And these college coaches, the good ones, they're everywhere. Oh yeah. They will go all over the place. I mean, guy like Clinger Smith. He comes out of the trees. <laughs> he's, most, he's the most hardest recruiter I've ever met in my life. The guy's everywhere. But he gets his job done. That's why his team's always very good. Yeah. I mean, he, gets, he does his work. There's no doubt about that. You know, me, me and you were talking on the phone the other day. You know, we talked about Chris Grasham being the same way. He always finds a way to be at a field. You he's, know, he's they're just, at a field. And he, I, I'll give those guys credit because I ran, as guys know, the, an independent program. I compete against all the facilities. And believe me, it's one of the toughest things to do. But when, mm-hmm. when the other guy's got a facility to go to anytime he wants, and I'm trying to find a gym or rent a facility, or I'm in my, my backyard batting cage with the guys hitting, and we're working twice as hard to get there. I was lucky enough to put a squad together where those coaches actually came to watch me. Because right. it's so much easier to go to a new era or um, a full circuit for, or academy stars because you know this guy's bringing the guys and they're working. Or I was I benefited from the fact that I had some good players that brought these coaches to my games. Yeah, and it worked. But like I said, as an independent coach, if you want to do it, it, it's a tough road. Can you do it? Yes, but you really got to be oh, dedicated yeah. to it. It's not easy. You know, and the the cool part about that is you know the you know having having players that bring people in absolutely helps. I mean, we had you know when LG was being recruited out of Lancaster, oh. we went down to Vero and. You know, it was wild. It was a wild week because, you know, they wanted to see live on-field BP before the game, after the game. You know, they would stay and watch three games that week. And we actually had a kid, um, Big Joe, Big Joey D, Joey Dombrowski. Yes, um, I know Joey very well. Played for me, too. Great, also. great kid. You know, he, uh, an interesting story, he broke his arm as a sophomore, came back, threw a little bit for me as a junior, was one of my starters as a senior on a very talented roster with Colin Reformat and guys like that. Yep. And, you know, he ended up playing third base in a game because this guy was sore, this guy wasn't feeling good, and this guy had cramps because he was dehydrated. So, you know, we just rotated people through. Joey played third, went out, and had just had a day. You know, Joey <laughs> was never a great hitter. You know, Joey was a, a, a good fielder, could make plays for you, but we had a couple guys that would have been playing there ahead of them had – soreness and injury not played a factor and he got noticed and ended up going to St. Bonaventure because of it. Yep. You know, the, the coach, the, the, I believe it was a scout from the Reds was there and he's like, who is that kid at third? He's like, I just, I love the way he carries himself, love the way and he's just out there having a good time making plays. And we're like, you should see him throw. Yeah. He was what? Like he's a pitcher. Like then, <laughs> you know, I like realistically, if our best nines out there, he's one of the guys we're talking about being on the mound, not on the field, like not defensively on the field. And he's like, really and he he watched him pitch he made a couple phone calls and next thing you know joey d's got calls from d1 schools when he was not even considering playing baseball in college because he didn't think he could yep you know and it's 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 awesome to see guys like that make it and it's because of another guy who got somebody there lg was such a plus for every team in the area because when he was playing somewhere the scouts would come and if you had players in your team 
they had a chance to get noticed. And that's so big. It mm-hmm. really is to have someone that for him to come through. Charlie Mack had the same effect with Will East yep. him playing like this. We had Jonah, Jonah Hyman, Hyman Amherst. Over the years and Amherst. That they be playing against those guys and knowing the scout's gonna be there and be able to compete and maybe share yourself out something, maybe not as high a level, but hey, mm-hmm. they know a college or something like that. I mean Joe played for me. I mean, LG was from the time when I was eight years old was just the nicest goofball <laughs> ever. He really was. I, I loved LG. Um, just, but like I said, he was one of those guys. That, who that boy, if that boy's got his shoes laced up, look out because he came to play that day. Oh. Yeah, that was one of the funniest conversations I've ever had with him. Right, he's, big, big at bat his senior year, and all of a sudden he calls it like. I think there were two outs, and we ended up with two guys in scoring position. We were down a run. And all of a sudden, he goes like he just decides. He looks around, puts his bat down, kneels down, and ties his shoes. And we're like, he ends up roping a double, scoring two runs for us. We took the lead. And after the inning, I looked and was like, "I've never seen you tie your shoes." Now that I think about it, he's like, "It's time to go to work." Yeah, <laughs> and like and that was like kid plays with his shoes untied all the time, and he like just you know like let nice and loose and comfortable, but you know lace them up. It's time to go to work. And that was one of the wildest <laughs> things I've ever seen. I. You know, I had the pleasure of coaching for four years, and you know it was that was great. It was a good time. It was something special to see and be a part of too. Yeah, good kid. I really liked playing with him. My son enjoyed playing with him. He played for me a couple times. That I was lucky enough to have him with me because he was on every team. Everybody wanted him, so I was lucky yeah. enough to pick him. But I think Giordano was the one that called him for me. Max who mm-hmm. was friends with him and brought him over, which is another kid playing great baseball at University of Niagara right now. Just pretty, playing some. pretty sure I saw he, he was the only kid that played uh, that yep. started every single game. Every game, yep. yep. That, kid was, that kid was a stud, too. Every game, just playing well. talking to an umpire about him last night. Yeah, played against him in AAAB this past. Playing a little less this summer, gave himself a little break, a lot of baseball, a lot of travel for a freshman all around the country. Played well, though, played very well. Yeah. Which I'm very impressed with him. Yeah, it's 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 wild to see the the caliber of ball player that's been coming out of this area, and you know places like this, and the, all the other locations in the area, and the programs, and the teams, and the guys, you know, the guys that care. You know, I think I spent the last couple of days just re-listening to my previous episodes just to see what I could do better, hear hear myself talk, and hear mistakes that I make, or you know, and well, the facility and, thing's big. I mean, you guys, Batley said back in the day, New Era was the only place to go. Yeah, you you went to New Era that that was they were the big dog. Now there's a lot more facilities, and I feel now the the playing field is getting more level with the kids southern from us. Yes. Because the kids who want to play, the players who want to play baseball are putting time in. Yep. We've had conversations in the past when I was younger with other coaches and travel. Why don't we put the super team together from all the local teams together? And the problem we had was with the travel coaches back then was – Everyone was afraid you're going to steal their guy for the whole year. Mm-hmm. It was always like, hey, let's give me your two best, your two best, your two best. We'll put a team together. We'll play two big tournaments together. That's it. Right. And every coach is like, eh, I don't – we weren't there to steal guys. We're hoping to promote these kids. Right. And I wish it was something that w- that was started back like seven, eight years ago that mm-hmm. we could have did. And everyone sat on their hands and, and just wouldn't do it. So now we have more facilities, which is better, but I think we dropped the ball a little bit as far as even these organizations now, as far as putting a team together, I yeah. mean, just a team. I, you know, it, It's funny because I know um, that's something that Chris News has been very actively talking about recently on Twitter, stuff like that, you know, and a lot of the conversation from these episodes and, you know, amongst other things happens between a lot of us on Twitter. Um, you know, that's one of the things he's talked about is that somebody, you know, he he tried to do it. Other people have tried to do it. But, you know, as soon as you get to the stage of like, okay, who's coaching, who's running it, who's handling it, and whose name's going to be on it, all of a sudden everyone's up in arms like, well, 
I don't want my guys playing. And, you know, with like, if, if we're going to be part of this, I want my name on it and, you know, stuff like that. And it, you know, it, it becomes about the business side of it because it's to some level, some of, you know, a lot of this stuff is, is a business, you know, it, you know, a place like this doesn't exist if, yeah, you know, if people aren't paying money, you know, like, and, and that goes for any place that's not independently funded by the person who owns it paying out of pocket, you know, Makes which, sense. which, which ideally would be fantastic if somebody who had that kind of money could just be like, I'm going to open it and pay for everything. And the best ball players can come here and play for free. That'd be fantastic. But that that's not a world we live in, you no. know, unless Russ Salvatore wants to open it, I guess. <laughs> But, uh, we'll ask. <laughs> yeah, so, so somebody make a phone call for us. Uh, anybody know a guy? But you know, it's. I mean, that's what Steve Lynch opened up his facility, and because his kid played, we he was at my son Jay's level, and we played him all the time, and that's just what he liked doing. Yeah. I mean, he just did it, and I know that his facility over there. I mean, it got to cost a fortune to be in the mall. Oh, I've, I mean, I've I've gotten a few glimpses into that between people I know that have worked there or, you know, when it first opened being a big part of over here, kind of knowing what was going on over there behind the scenes a little bit. And it's not cheap. No, he's, I talked to him and he does very well for himself. He had done well for himself for the years and he pretty much called it a hobby. Yeah. He enjoyed it because it's a hobby. Yeah. And there's very few guys that can make baseball a hobby and lose money at it and not really care that much. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's it's very tough to do because everything is a business. I mean, I did it for years coaching. You did it for years. And at the, as an independent coach, I made nothing. In fact, I probably cost me money to coach because mm-hmm. some of my players from our area, they didn't have money to play. Right. I mean, we, we were spotting these kids to come to tournaments. Just jump in, sleep in our room. We'll drive you there. Mm-hmm. You'll stay with that parent. And we just wanted to get him on the field so he could play at the field of the team, whereas, whereas a part of the other organizations. I mean, coaching, people understand, you're paying for that coach. That coach ain't coming for free. Right. So he's going to get a salary out of this. And the salary is not great. It's equivalent to what the modified and JV guys are getting for the year. And people understand you're, you're getting no money. Yeah. And they think I, you're we, getting rich off the deal, and you're not. You know, we, we had that conversation the other day. I'm pretty sure if I uh, if I did the math right, I was making like three cents an hour coaching <laughs> for the high school this year. And, you know, but that's uh, – Again, the game. You know, I, I mean, when I even when I started here, you know, my my payment was, you know, that my my hotel, my gas, and my food was paid for when yeah. I when I traveled. You know, and there were a few times I was lucky enough to take, you know, the the facility van, and you know, <laughs> hey hey hey, Rich, I got five kids that need a ride, and you know, my two seater my two seater Saturn isn't gonna get it done. Can I borrow <laughs> Can I borrow the company vehicle? And you know, then just turning in receipts and stuff like that, and getting you know getting money on the back end for your gas and whatnot. I mean, that 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 to me was payment enough because I love what I did. That's you know, awesome. When you when you when you get older and you start looking at like you know things like rent or buying a house or paying for a real vehicle and you know not my little toy Tonka truck that I drove for a little while, but uh, you know that that's when you start looking like oh, can I keep doing this? You know I want to, but you know at some point it's got to be a little bit more worth it. You know and I'm I'm still not a money guy. I'm still not a guy that you know you know I'm not if I'm going to coach for a summer program it's going to be because I want to not because I'm getting paid you know, big bucks to do it. And that's, you know, no, that's, that's just who I am because I, I love what I do. You know? If you're going to coach, like I said, you got to put a team together of parents that you enjoy being around. If you're an independent team, mm-hmm. like I said, you, you got to get, they all got to get along. You can't have animosity between parents and their kids and players. And unfortunately you want to train the kids to get better and teach them parts of the game. But when you're independent, if you're not winning, they're leaving. Right. 
So you have to balance a, a win because when you're winning, everything's okay. The old saying when is winning fixes everything. When you win, the kids are playing great. When you're losing, it's the coach's fault. Yep. You lost the coach's fault. You won, the kids played great. Oh, and yeah. that's just the name of the game. And, and I mean that that that's common across all you know, all sports, all sports and all all levels. You know? So you, you really work hard to make sure the parents get along. I've been I was lucky enough my parents got along. I mean it just yeah. I was that was big. I never had really issues where parents like it. Never really. And I think that's what helped the kids got along. The parents got along. It was a fun thing. We're a big organization like New Era like this. Parents didn't have to really get along if they don't want to. Right. Because you didn't have a parent coaching the kids. Right. It was an independent instructor who came in and just picked guys. Mm -hmm. And I will tell guys when they do independent teams, ask them, how many coaches are on that team? Where do their kids play? Right. If you're going to a team because you want your kid to play there and he's a shortstop, and the coaches, head coaches, son's a shortstop, you're never playing short. Right. That's how it works. If you want to be a catcher and the other assistant coaches, his son's a catcher, you're not playing short or catching. Yeah. So, I mean, there's questions you got to ask and Absolutely. figure out where you're going to fit in like this. Where you go to a big organization, you're the best guy you play. Yeah. They don't care. And there's a time slot like this, which is very important. Parents need to do the homework. Yeah. Really I mean, that, that actually extends into, you know, some, something that uh, somebody else actually brought up that, you know, they would want to come on and talk about is, you know, like even picking a college. You know, yeah, it's it's really cool to say I'm going to Canisius and playing D1 right out of high school. Well, I'm a catcher, and there's two seniors, two juniors, and then three other guys that are on the roster as catchers right now, yeah. which means next year I'm number seven right off the bat. Like, and, and you know, kids don't understand that because they end up they've they've played their whole lives where they are the best kid on their on their travel team, they are the best kid in their high school, and they've caught every game they've ever wanted to catch, and then all of a sudden they're sitting behind guys that, again, are four years older than you, you know, it's, and it's... i seen that I spent countless hours looking at rosters of colleges for my players. When they met, I'm like, look at this roster. Look what they have. Yeah. Like like you said, they're, they're six deep at that position now. Those two guys are getting starting time, and they're both, like, hitting well. Right. So they're going to be playing the next two years. So you're, you're watching for two years. Is that really what you want to do is watch baseball for two years? Yeah. And that was that was a big thing, too. And all the roster like this, and I, I, a lot of guys, I said, I go by the roster that some coaches, they're looking at guys six foot to six foot seven. Yeah. They don't get – there's not a guy under six foot on the roster. I'm like, you're five ten and a half. Yeah. I mean, Refferman had that issue. There was a couple times, like, there, he was a left-handed pitcher, and he's he was, like, 5'10", 5'11". He's not he's not even six foot. Yeah. I'm like, he's the best lefty in the area. Yeah. What are you looking at? But they were they were so hell-bent on him not being six foot, some of the coaches, which made no sense whatsoever. You got, you know, you got a lefty that's pushing 90. I mean, you know, he, yeah. he, you know, he, he, he hit 90 a couple times in, in PBR showcases, from what I understood. Like, yeah. you know, I mean, it's... Oh, but he's not six foot. He's touching 90. Yeah. Like it's, he, he's hitting the magic number from the left side. What's the question? Yeah. You know, and it's, it's, and lefties get that a few miles an hour slower. If you, if you, if you're five eleven and you're, you're hitting 88 as a righty, they're like, ah, we got a bunch of guys that do that. Yeah. <laughs> so they're like, yeah, eh, you're, you're just one of a hundred, but you're left-handed. And it's a whole different thing. And that was a big joke was I used to tell guys all the time was if you want college coaches to come to your games and advertise them, just advertise. You have four left-handed pitchers over six foot. Yeah. And just have ample parking because you're going to have coaches <laughs> on the sidelines looking to watch these guys throw. You know, and it's it's funny you bring that up too because you know I I see it all the time now with you know all the all the accounts that I follow on all all forms of social media. You know, it's what's what's the first thing that they list? How tall is he? What's the second thing they list? How hard does he throw? It you know, 
uncommitted 2020 lefty, six foot two, 190 pounds with room to grow. You know, fastball sits 85 to 87, sharp curve at this, solid change up at that, developing a slider at this. Like, so the first two things you tell me is that he's not committed and he's over six foot, and then you tell me the important stuff about a pitcher, yeah. you know, with how hard he throws. Which are fudge because I had so many college coaches coming to pl- playing against teams who guys are supposedly sitting 85, 86 and touching 89, and the radar gun's not even hitting 80. Mm-hmm. And he's looking at you like, I'm like, He's like, and that gets frustrating for some of the coaches too. We, don't lie about your stats. Oh, uh, we we joke about, we joke out. about it all the time. You know, we you know we see kids that, you know, we're we're being told they're sitting like, oh, coach, I play against this kid all summer. He 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 throws eighty seven, eighty eight, and we we get there, and I'm like, that the kid on the mound for me right now was sitting seventy eight to eighty, and he's throwing harder than the kid you told me is push, <laughs> like pushing toward ninety. Yeah. Like, I don't know what gun you're using, but I'm gonna go buy one because it's. I'm, I'm gonna call it the feel good. <laughs> feel you know, good gun, exactly. <laughs> like I, 